makes no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. Yo, yo, y'all ready for this? Welcome everyone to episode three. Thanks there from the uh, sponsors uh, messages there brought to you by Last Sports here. Episode three of High Friction Max Traction. Uh, again, we've got Aaron Knight joining us as co-host here for today's show. And uh, today we've got a bit of a special guest. I mean, uh, Aaron, maybe you can uh, give us an insight or a quick guess on who's coming on. But first, possibly, let's do a quick wrap up on what's going to happen in 2021. Yeah, well, it, uh, as we all know, last year was not what we had planned as, as sponsors of uh, some big events. Um, two of them ended up getting up, but without UTA. So we're really hoping next year we're locked into those three great events we've had uh, many good years at. Um, so we'll be up in the Blue Mountains in uh, Katoomba in May. We'll be uh, then up to Brisbane um, for Brisbane Trail Ultra in July and down to the Surf Coast Century in Anglesey in uh, September. So uh, yeah. some possibilities of some other, um, being at some other events, but more on that maybe in a later podcast. Yeah, wait and see. Hey, that's a, keep, keep you guys uh, guessing what, we, what we're going to come. Hey, it was a bit of a cactus year last year, to be honest. Um, and we did manage to, obviously, um, for guys and, and girls out there, we, did, we managed to help out at the Brisbane Trail Ultra in Brisbane. Uh, obviously, the dates um, were changed just due to the uh, the COVID situation there. But we got some running uh, done, which was great, and uh, more of a local event. And also, uh, Surf Coast, we got a, a great event there. The Rapid Ascent team did a fantastic job under the circumstances. So, yeah. fantastic to have it all. But probably the atmosphere was lost. And, uh, I mean... Yeah, congratulations to, to both um, the BTU and the uh, Surf Coast for, for actually getting up and running an event in, in such a traumatic year for, for 2020 it was. But yeah, and, yeah uh, they're, um, they're big events and uh, they're tough enough to host at the best of times. So yeah, both of those crews did a really great job to, uh, to get the, the event happening. Different times of the year, um, yeah, a lot of other factors, but uh, yeah, congratulations to, the, to those uh, race directors. Yeah, and then uh, and then also, I mean, uh, that's the running side of things. Obviously, we, we're hoping to work with the climbing associations. Again, we've got a, it's a little bit restrictive, and and we're getting involved with uh, local rock climbing. Oh, sorry, uh, you know, climbing events. And then there's the big one with the Olympics coming up in uh, in August, I think. And hopefully that goes ahead. And yeah, we'll be be following that uh, pretty closely, as we've sort of discussed in a couple of the previous podcasts. You know, following uh, the the you know the, the road to Tokyo, it's been pretty awesome in that respect. But yeah, cool. All right, so our guest today is uh, uh, a national champion, a two times world champion. That's pretty impressive already. And uh, and she joins us on the in the couch or on the couch or in the room today. I will just uh, let her in to the um, to the. Let me. I'll let it. Let her in. Here she comes. It's Alice uh, McDamara, all the way from Melbourne. Oh, and she's just sorting out her. Oh, that's all right. All right. Ex- Am I straight now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. You're live. So uh, welcome. 
Welcome to High Friction Max Traction. Uh, for you guys that don't know Alice, uh, she is one of our last book TV mountain runners. So she does like going up the uh, hills uh, quite uh, fast. Um, yep. Uh, very impressive. I've seen Alice numerous times in action at, at, at our last book TV events, and it, it's great to see. And uh, welcome aboard, Alice. G'day, Matt. G'day, Aaron. How are you going? Good, Alice. Yourself? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> That's all right. I believe you've got one yourself uh, already, so you're quite familiar with the old podcast format. Alice has so had a bit of a hiatus, though, um, for a couple of months. We're all pretty tired at the end of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> we had a break. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of funny. We've cut, we've adopted we're late adopters of the podcast, trying to get everyone uh, into the into the into the podcasting. I mean, different situation up here in Sydney. Obviously, we, we've been able to uh, move about and do things. So, um, unlike yourselves down there in Melbourne, where you've been sort of like you know, what is it, a five kilometre radius? And um, yeah, I mean that sounds a, a pretty traumatic yeah. <laughs> situation that you guys have been been forcing. Yeah, forced I to think do. kind of unless you were. Uh, living through it you, you don't understand the oppression that you kind of felt and I think actually it's taken a lot of time for people to move out of it and I don't think we're completely recovered to be to be honest um yeah but we had a good um little thing with our podcast we, we called it doc doc goose and it was it's like kind of a rowing niche podcast because of my old sport um with Bill Tate and Rod Siegel and so one's a, an, a retired coach now he's in sports administration He's coached um, an Olympic silver medal in, in the women's pair. And then a physiologist in Rod, who is also, he's a PhD, he's a doctor. Uh, I'm a medical doctor. And, well, and Bill, he's the coach, he's the goose. And so because of the sort of, <laughs> we have like quite a you know, bunch of people that were happy to come on and share some pretty good um, sports specific and also like just general sports insight into performance and um yeah we got a pretty niche little following with rowers and then i'm hoping to to edge them a bit towards some of the new sports and um whether we can talk a little bit about um like i quite like talking about in, uh, endurance medicine or and even some stuff around the um remote medicine that we kind of some of us go out into wild places and you know need to talk about like how you manage yourself in that environment because that's also sort of very important high performance stuff so yeah cool yeah, no, that's right. I know. I know. Um, obviously, yeah, we were going to digress a bit here, but but obviously, um, you you are a doctor, and that's what that's what I mean. So obviously, you've been flat chat doing. Um, I suppose more important work in a sense is, is like you know uh, helping the, the COVID situation down there in in Melbourne, and I mean that's a pretty important sort of um, role that you've probably taken up in the last like twelve months. Is that is that right? I mean, I always see these pictures. Why well, I've got a picture. Why well, I say I, I'm going to try it. I'm, hopefully we're gonna um, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna try my best here. We we'll have a look at this. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously that was that's been your retire for most of 2020, I no doubt. It's okay in winter because wearing a plastic bag's not too bad, but then it's <laughs> getting horrific. Very very hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know everybody I talk to that's actually is working in hospitals, and my sister's a nurse. She yeah. says that absolutely horrendous the amount of uh, PPE that you have to wear and 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 you end up with um, quite quite rashes, don't you? Because it's so it's just that abrasiveness and you're wearing it for like you know long shifts and yeah and yeah. And my my New Year's resolution or whatever I was going to do a change this year and do less of my environmental impact stuff and one of them was um, keep cups, very simple. So I was going to use a reusable cup. And <laughs> 
That's, that was fine until March and then Melbourne said no reusable cups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, so it, it, it's, it's... In a normal cup. And now I'm using all this PPE and every time you don and doff, you take it off and I've created so much more waste this year. So. But I've flown less. I've flown less. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I can... I can vouch, I can vouch for that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how much um, you, you you just see a lot of you know disposable masks and and yeah, a lot more coffee cups in on this you know just general I mean, people should put it in the bin. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of that sort of waste kicking around. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not going to end up in our river systems, and yeah. uh, and and that kind of thing. So that, that's always um, I suppose a negative, isn't it? For yeah. sure. But uh, start of a new year, and um, I know Alice, you had a pretty interesting uh, end to 2020, start of 2021. Like you've experienced it from Victoria, and being in lockdown and being in a, your bubble, and then you finally think we can we can travel, and we can have a holiday on the the New South Wales coast. And how did that end? Yeah, well, you know, we sort of thought maybe Australia is really on top of this, um, so we snuck from Melbourne up towards the south 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 coast of New South Wales which is like eight hours drive from Sydney so while there might have been a couple of new cases we did consider that it was going to be really low risk um and and as we're up there enjoying a couple of the holiday yeah well I mean we had a week there but we also have a new puppy so we didn't actually get a lot of sleep um because he's up in the early in the mornings you know mama where are you that kind of thing anyway so we had a very sort of sleep deprived week and then all of a sudden they, we heard that in you know six hours the border is shutting and if you don't get across the border on New Year's Eve you have to quarantine for 14 days and if you don't get across on the first you have to pay for hotel quarantine for 14 days so with that advice we had to we're on the beach we heard the news um, we had to get home pack up get in the car start driving so we pooned towards the border and then sat in a queue for four hours <laughs> Oh, lovely, lovely. That's great. And and where were you at when the new year broke? I guess was it in a car or were you actually over the border somewhere around Can River? I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's an interesting thing too because that this time last year it was on fire, wasn't it? Fires, right? Yeah. So that place was decimated. Yeah. There wasn't a single you know person going through Can River except you, unless you were in the fire effort. I was yeah. in Angaratta at the time, which is up your way, Aaron. Um, and the smoke coming off all those fires was horrific. Um, so we spent the start of 2020 dealing with bushfires and displaced people and, you know, all those towns that were evacuated in, in, the, in the forest coming towards Wangaratta for emergency. And they evacuated all the nursing homes across that whole area. So, you know, we had a lot of people in Wangaratta who'd been moved out. Um, you know, Aaron, you're involved with clearing trees and doing things up there, weren't you? Yeah, it's been funny seeing my uh, Facebook memories pop up because at first you think, oh, there I am, like on the summit in the clouds, and you're like, oh, no, that's smoke. <laughs> that was, yeah, 12 months ago, everything was just, you know, if you got out, if you could, when it was not as bad, um, yeah. yeah, still smoky, and it was, yeah, it was, and you kind of thought, oh, well, you know, that's, that's the worst 2020 can deliver, let's, um, let's move on. Yeah, bring <laughs> it on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so what are your thoughts on 2021, Alice, as a, as a, Athlete, as a uh, as a doctor, what do you see? I mean, we're all optimists. We're all hoping for a uh, a better year, um, a more yeah, normal I'll, year. Yeah. Um, I started a new job this year. I started a new career pathway in sports medicine, which was fantastic timing for sport to be all cancelled. 
Um, but oh, I'm, yeah, excellent timing, that. <laughs> I'm a registrar at a clinic in South East Melbourne called MP Sports Physicians, which is a really wonderful little place to work. And being a doctor, I'm lucky I've got to go to work, even in Melbourne this year, I've got to go to clinic every day, all in the PPE, seeing patients um, that need, need seeing. We do a lot of telehealth. So I sort of set myself up for this year being like a temporary thing that maybe, you know, we'll, we'll just sort of get this under control in Australia. The world was going crazy with the COVID numbers. So, you know, unlike Australia, a lot of places don't have, you know, governments that listen to medical advice. Um, it's really gone rampant in the US, in the UK, um, too little, too late almost, and health systems been overwhelmed. And, you know, you can't really get too um, down in the dumps when you think about how we're going in Australia, when you think about, you know, if you had a stroke and you were in London, could you actually get a hospital bed, you know, as a young person? Um, you might not be able to. So you have to sort of have a reality check. Or if you were out doing some climbing, you fell off, you know, could you get a hospital bed because they're all full of COVID patients? Yeah, well, well that, that was the big issue I know at the start. Like, I know as climbers, we were a bit this like, oh, man, should, should, we, get, we, should we go climbing? Because potentially... <laughs> if we have an accident, are we going to be seen to? And that was, yeah. that was I know that was a big thing at the start of the, uh, the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit grim when you think about that. Uh, I don't think it's getting going to get better anytime soon overseas. Um, and if I think about it too hard, it's really depressing. And I think it's probably, you know, candid to kind of talk about it because we're all, we're all going through this and you've got to you control what you can control. We're all, you know, optimistic people like you say, Aaron, we'll, we'll make the best of it in, in 2021. And, Australia is going really well. So if we don't have any more little outbreaks, we will be able to move around and do small events. And, you know, we got to Surf Coast Century last year. So here we got. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We did mention that in the intro. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously you were there and you had a good time and it was a great event. Without the crowds, I guess, was the, the only thing that was different, I guess. I mean, you got to run. Yeah. yeah. But it still felt good, you know. So you can do these things. Um, and certainly, you know, we're getting really good at Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's that yeah, no, sorry, no. no it's it's a change it's an evolving environment and uh, maybe it is that now we're going back to those smaller events you know a bit more sort of you know community run style events instead of the big ones and and, and even these big events will have to scale down a little bit to, to be a little bit more sort of community based or you know work within the, the you know the bounds of it because i mean i mean we all we already want uh, uta to to go ahead uh this year in, in may and, and i'll tell you what it's not what we're talking Ooh, Five months off, that's not that far. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and you sort of think, oh, they, will, they, will they be able to run it at the same sort of numbers as they normally do? Or, or is it a chance that they're going to have to scale it back down? And, yeah, you, you don't want that, but you sort of think, yeah, deep down you think, mm, yeah, yeah, maybe. Some of the shorter events, definitely. I mean, the 100, yeah, you don't – yeah, I mean, the, the, the field sort of spreads out, doesn't it? And you, you can sort of socially distance, but they've – yeah. Those sort of the you know the more popular events you know there's what's it is it three three thousand runners or something it's a huge event so it's just like it's mind blowing that they can you you can run an event that big with under these circumstances yeah but you know running is an outdoor sport um, and you're moving through different air pockets all the time um, we know COVID's aerosol spreads if you breathe out really heavily and you've got any kind of virus on board it'll sit in the air. Um, but with with a running event, it, it moves through. Um, I, I think if you were going to talk about high risk sports and low risk sports, um, certainly these these events could go ahead if you staggered the starts or um, you sort of did it on a timed basis. Um, you could always run events like that. And of course, with training, as long as you distance, you can always go ahead and do that. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. Climbing and moving if you're outdoors, there's very low risk. Um, it's mostly the indoor sports that are having the issues right now. And um, also, just like you said before, Matt, like kind of what what's the priorities of this year? I think, you know, there are sports that need to keep moving because if there's big events like Tokyo and things like that, you need to keep those guys moving. But otherwise, we can pivot and shift and be adaptable. Um, I had to, I was involved with the, the sort of rescheduling of the Victorian Football League football season this year. Of course, that couldn't happen because that was in our second wave. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I was seeing people just lose their minds about footy, this, that. I'm not involved in the money side of it. Like, I think it would be really hard if if your club yeah. was going to, they didn't run the season. But big scheme of things, like it was a season that wasn't very safe to be running a footy match. People... All the players have jobs in trades and fam- kids that yeah, are going yeah, yeah. to bring virus in. You're going to have virus in your football team. It's just a nightmare. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, if you're a professional sportsman, like like the you know the AFL or the um, you know the current, I know we got the cricket here in Sydney. Uh, that that's a profession, so that's slightly different. And and obviously the governing bodies have restructured that in such a way that the events can go on. I mean, it's like this year of cycling. You know, like I mean the way they they ran that. They're, they're professional yeah. athletes, so it's their career. It's like you know, it's like going to, to jobs but for amateur sports it's a it's a definitely it's a hard one to um to you know to uh, to keep going i guess is, is as far as just the risks yeah you have to keep things going because if we're only doing covid testing in isolation what's that lifestyle like you know yeah yeah, yeah exactly i mean we're all wearing we're wearing masks up here in sydney now oh my god there's pandemonium up here but uh yeah no it's quite crazy all right yeah so i mean well, fingers crossed, fingers crossed that we'll, we'll, we'll get some events done this year. Uh, I mean, I, I see it probably late the second half of the year is, you know, as obviously as we vaccinate and, and hopefully it all works and and, uh, and and see some positive signs. I suppose it's just a bit grim at the moment because we're seeing the Northern Hemisphere sort of like, you know, implode and, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and all our friends over there in Europe and yeah. the United States, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, our thoughts are going out with you guys, and and how hard it actually is. It's, it's, um, yeah, we miss it, don't we? Uh, the, um, we as Australians travel a lot, and um, yeah, uh, I've missed going to Italy and um, and, and Europe. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, and that's a selfish thing. I've also missed going. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think for um from from my point of view, uh, like I've been pretty lucky. I'm in uh, regional Victoria, so we didn't have the hard. 5k bubble lockdown uh the mask was there and yeah a little bit not as strict as it's been for Alice in Melbourne but I think just the not traveling not being able to to go to an event to run in different areas you know it's it's been okay this year I live in a beautiful place I've got mountains surrounding me but yeah there's a reason why I like to travel and and run in different places and I guess I I don't want to lose that long term definitely but just to go back one year so then 2020, like for you, uh, I didn't see you running like 12 hours in your garage or anything, but you, you did a few uh, kind of COVID runs as such. So I think you did an, like your suburb, you ran every street and things like that. So Yeah, I did all of Bowie, all of Bowie Morris. And that was like, it was a big day out for me, 67 or something. So it was a big thing in Melbourne at the time because there was a lady who walked around the town who's been pointing to Karen. But oh, said, Karen. I know Karen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is she in Bunnings as well? Was that the girl in Bunnings? Or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but all of Brighton. So why did you leave your 5K? Well, I've done all of Brighton, so I had to get into the city. 
And so therefore everyone was like, well, you know, have you really done all of Brighton? <laughs> everyone was doing all of their suburb and, you know, I had the day off. I was working in the clinic, you know, Monday to Friday and then I was working COVID screening Saturday, Sunday because where could we go? You can't do anything. And I was just thought I've got to sort of somehow just move this through if I can do something to help the effort in Melbourne. And But I had a Wednesday off and I remember... I was just done. And I'm like, what's my outlet going to be? Well, I'm going to do all of Bowie. So, so I had a, Luca was, um, Luca did, I think, 33Ks as a seven-year-old on the bike, which is pretty good. <laughs> oh, right. So he, he was following you, was he? <laughs> yeah, he had to go in for a while because he's knackered. But, um... oh. <laughs> now, is it a flat suburb or is it a bit lumpy? I know Melbourne's pretty flat in some parts. Or if you, is, is it a... Yeah, I'm missing my vert. Oh, okay, right. Stairs, but I... I'd say if I if you got put me in a building now to do a race, it probably wouldn't be super fast. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, yeah, cool. But Actually, you know, COVID, COVID's just changed things. Like we shifted priorities this year. I was saying, I was thinking about what I was going to say when you talk about training. I've done a lot, like I've been consistent, but I've done mostly things for mental health, and I've done mostly things that if someone says to me, "All right, borders are down, you can go here and do this adventure, or you can go and run here, or do you want to meet me and do this thing." I'm fit enough to do that. So I sort of, I'm just yeah. trying to keep myself able to take those opportunities or, you know, do surf coast entry at the last minute, you know, these kind of things. That yeah. Yeah. Not, 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 not race fit, but fit enough to, to, to go there and have a good time and, and, oh. and, and give a decent shot and not, yeah. not be too crippled on the kit. On, you can and, always race, but it just takes you longer to recover. <laughs> oh, that's it. What's that famous saying? It's easy. To, what was the? It's oh, going up hills is easy. It's how fast you go up them. That's the, that's the difference, you know. Like so, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I think I think that was I think that was Robin McEwen that said that. It's easy to ride up a hill, but riding up a hill fast is a different story. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, no, cool. All right. So we'll I'll, I'll I'll find a picture now here, and you can maybe talk to us about this one. Just bear with me. Hopefully, it's going to work. <laughs> oh that's my first um uta so i did just the oh, i shouldn't say just because that's not a thing that you should say i did the 20 <laughs> um as the first ever time i'd seen what uta was all about i always knew um it was a huge event but it was seriously such a party and just the atmosphere and the, the environment's crazy so this was right down um in the valley right before you sort of come up the further steps um, I think I was, I can't remember, I think I was like eight or ninth that year in the 22. I'm not sure. But is, um, that, is that coming around the back of the three sisters? I was, I was almost, I thought it was further steps because I, I remember coming over that thing and thinking, no, oh, this is enjoyable. Not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the 11, the UTA 11 had how many stairs, Aaron? 3,500 stairs or something insane. Yeah, it was like the most <laughs> ratio of stairs to distance out of the, the three events, definitely. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's quite funny, isn't it? Like, um, it, it you know, how many stairs are actually in these Blue Mountains races? What, what is it? This is obviously a different race. This doesn't look like the um, you're wearing a different kit and definitely a different running pack there, I know. That was so, the 11, I think, as the next year. So that's 2019, and and as far as you know, action value, you know, the 11 I've heard is 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 oh, if you're not doing the longer stuff, I guess everyone wants to do the hundred, don't they? That goes there, but is the um, I've heard the 11 is a good one. Everyone the tells 11, me, yeah, it's the, it's the best 11k course I think you could find <laughs> anywhere. It's epic. <laughs> 
and it's tough because I think I think that like well, Mark Bourne, our athlete, took like over an hour to do eleven k. Like it's you know, it's tough. It's proper tough. Oh, and he yeah. won. He won it though, didn't he? You just got to you got to uh, say that. Second. Second. Okay. Yeah. So he wasn't. He wasn't. Didn't have a. He didn't have a. Um, Shoe, sh- blow blow out of his shoe or something that make him uh, you know come that sl- run that slow yeah cool and I mean obviously mountain running a few hours is he's pretty quick isn't he and things like now and also I suppose uh, running takes you obviously to many places like the UTA but it also takes you to the summits of mountains and and I think you met this character up here one year there looks like a bit of snow there and for people that don't recognize Aaron's pins that's Aaron uh, my uh, co-host here for today's show so Obviously, I think that was one of the four peak uh, events um, that yeah. we all yeah. were all at. Yeah. So, I mean, Alice. I mean, uh, now, now, I, I, I did look at some Strava details here. You were holding the Strava, um, uh, the Strava Championship um, points on, on that summit for many years, and you've been pipped by a, uh, a French girl. So, uh, from the from the cross of the summit, you 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 had your uh, thirteen. 05, I think, is your uh, is your time up there, and the current record from Iris is twelve thirty six. Are you going to claim that back next Ooh. year or this year? You're in the numbers. Yeah. Oh, look, I'll give it a go. I, I would have excellent. To do- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a nice place to try and try for it. But it's pretty. It's an epic. You know, it's probably my favourite mountain climb. In Australia, slash, I don't know, the world so far, it's just epic at the top. So, yeah, well done to Iris, but um, it's pretty quick yeah. on her. <laughs> you got to do the uh, the 10K I, to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And I think if you're in a tent, you wouldn't feel as wonderfully fresh. But, yeah, you do have to um, go up Bungalow Spur or across the Razorback to get to the start. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful, it's actually... It's probably one of Australia's like true like you know mountainous peaks, yeah. and the, like you can actually yeah. say that like as the like a, like as the Razorback, obviously with that. And I didn't realise, but the feather top is you know where it gets its name from. I don't know if you knew this, Aaron. You're a local. <laughs> I think know? it's the uh, little cloud that forms off the top. No? no, no. Apparently, it's got to do with the snow. You know, the snow how it forms and it melts away. It looks like a feather or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I knew something like that. It was yeah, like the well, cloud when it. Um, yeah. Or yeah, snow or something. So yeah, it's cool. all got that that one side that's got the snow on it, and I guess we would say it's the southern side. It's but, southern, um, yeah, yeah. yeah but it has a crest on it, and if it, November, you're often having very varied mm. conditions in November. Sometimes it's very sunny, sometimes it's very cloudy, and you can't go up to the top at the Four Peaks. But yeah, that photo of you and I, Aaron, we were standing on snow on a very balmy day. Uh, but it's always got that crust. It's beautiful. Mm. Uh, let's digress quickly and let's obviously you mentioned four peaks there hold up i have got a little bit of footage here from four peaks and i'll just uh, sort it out there for us and i'll play it
how good was that? Yeah, epic, beautiful November weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think was it was it. I think the picture from Feathertop was the day before that. I'm not. Is that sound about right? Or yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or, day two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, or um. Often's really great. It's one. Of my, I think it's my, probably my favourite day. It's the longest, but it's. It's yeah. always the worst weather, though, isn't it? Every I think every time I've been to the event, it's Hotham's <laughs> got to be. It's snowing or something. Yeah. Funny, we the Four Peaks for like the very first time. I was only, I was like, I think 10 or something like that because it used to be a, just a, a hike that the the bright locals got together and a guy called Reg was the guy that ran it. And yeah. they used to have the bake sale at the end of each event or the I think the wives would cook up a whole lot of things. So we used to do it because we were up there camping as a family and we used to, you know, do some of the hikes. We used to get a little tag of paper and then go and do it. And then one year we dropped the backpacks and ran it and, and then it became a race. So I've actually done the four peaks since I was a little kid. I've got the under 16 trophy as a nice little <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah. No, no, it, it's such a, even back in the day, did you have like a book you like sort of tick as you're going in and then you fill it out when you came back and you, it was all on a system, you know, oh yeah, I did that in 10 minutes. And, yeah. And yeah, I that kind of thing. Used to do all four of them at that stage under an hour. Paul Crates went to a cycling career, and and since then he had a terrible accident. But he was an amazing mountain runner, and I remember seeing him at the Four Peaks, just absolutely smashing it. I still don't know if anyone's done all four under under four hours cumulative time, but that's what I remember he did. <laughs> Oof, that's a that's a bit of a gun, isn't it? Jeez. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I know, obviously, it didn't run last year, which is disappointing. Um, just due to the COVID, it's on the um, Melbourne Cup weekend, isn't it? That that four day holiday. So obviously, a lot of people um, come up from Melbourne, and I mean, it attracts people from from all over the place. Um, you know, even you know, Sydney. I know um, some of our last TV runners have, have, have gone down to yeah. it, like Jill. Yeah, and Jill, and Jill, Jill yeah. yeah, comes down, and obviously, uh, the Clark was there uh, in that footage there. So um, yeah, no, it, it attracts a a, a, a group a good group of people and we're hopefully you know like hopefully we might get some internationals there it always has a doesn't it Garen? It throws up a, a bunch of weapon brits that normally rock up don't they and and, and smoke it up yeah well for the previous couple of years it had been dominated by some um uk orienteers that come out on like a scholarship and they um yeah they, they go pretty well up the hill um yes yeah, so that's been really cool like uh, over over the the history of the event, um, you know, the times, the courses are set. So it's a really good test piece if you're a young mountain runner um, and you want to, match, you know, compare yourself to Paul Craig or something, then, um, you know, it's, it's great. So, uh, yeah, awesome event. Hope, hopefully it happens like others, that it happens this year. Yeah, I mean it's a bit more of a smaller event, so and and definitely um, I can I can say obviously that's November, so yeah, I think that one you know should should happen. One would think, as long as there's not too much. Uh, not sure about these vaccines. Let's just. Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we're, we're we're not releasing ours for a while, are we? That's the only thing. Yeah. We still don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um. But yeah. Anyone can go and do those four peaks any day of the week. That's a very. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, is true. People did that this last year actually over the same weekend because you were allowed to, so they. A lot of people did get up there in 2020 on the Melbourne Cup weekend and still do all four, which was kind of cool. Now, if I can uh, talk, I think a, a question I get asked a lot um, when I first joined Las Pativa is, uh, you know, 
how do you join the team, how that all happened. Um, so Alice joined our team in 2018 and uh, it was at the time I, we were looking for, we've got some great runners, uh, uh, Jill Fowler, Beth Cardelli that like going long and we were after a runner that wanted to, uh, was happy to race the shorter stuff, the tough stuff. And I went down to uh, the Eureka climb in Melbourne up, up um, the Eureka Tower and uh, I see this girl and I'm like, oh, she looks a bit familiar. Um, and then I heard them announce, oh, Alice McNamara, I think at that stage, six-time winner. And she had Helios on. I was like, hmm, yeah, this is a short, sharp race. Uh, already likes Las Fativa. Um, raced, Alice won. Um, and, uh, yeah, we kind of got to, to talk. And then I think that's, that's yeah, November. And then um, over that summer, you know, um, got to know Alice a bit. And she joined the, the team in yeah, start of 2018. And I guess that's when we were. We're like, oh, you should do like four peaks one year. And I remember Alice saying, like, oh, yeah, I'd done it since I was like 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a really great uh, welcome to the team. And, and I know in 2019, um, for me, it's a really special part of being part of the Las Pativa family is um, traveling to Italy. And Alice and I spent a week there and uh, went to the head office in Ziano. And, um, yeah, I think that was pretty special. You might even have a photo of that, Matt. Yeah, I do. Yeah, let me let me let me find that for you. Um, I was I was oh here we here we, here we oh here we go. What are your memories, Alice, of that uh, of that all happening? It just kind of was like a whole lot of like cool things that sort of came together because I mean I had no idea who you were at the stair climb and that was lovely to kind of make a connection over like lightweight shoes that go up things fast. <laughs> And then, obviously, when you spent that time in uh, in Italy, there. Um, the photo on Alice. there, the the VKs, the red yeah. VKs that we picked oh. up there. And, and what what the heck are you doing at the top of a uh, ski jump? Where the hell is that? How and awesome is that? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Predazzo has the the um, the ski jumps, and they they run one of the Red Bull five hundred. Um, races up there but um we were just there on any old day and there are a couple of kids doing some jumps but we jumped on one of the ones that they weren't and i think we did all of the ramps did we, didn't we aaron we did sort of a climb up each one they're bloody steep Maybe we'll have yeah to go i think, do an event I think we were like uh kids in a you know lolly shop we were both like ah oh, run that one ah oh. so um it's so pretty cool like that'll host the uh the winter olympics 2026 i think um, is it? Um, oh right, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, and and for people who don't know, that's like literally a couple of k's away from the the uh, Las um head office and uh, Italian manufacturing plant. Yeah. So if you look at Patazza, in, in... Um, oh, we can talk about rowing at some other stage, but we did a lot of time in in um, Gavarate, which is in northern Italy, as a rower, and that whole area used to look up to the Dolomites. And when you started talking about the foundations of La Sportiva, Aaron, and how, you know, it's a really family-centred um, company and, and a lot of the people that work in the valley sort of making the shoes by hand sounded all very um, fairy tale like but um, I was like, i got to get over there at one stage. So, you know, I had a bit of time in August last year and I thought I'd go and do some races over there and Aaron, you were going at the same time and you said, if you're there this time, I can take you to the factory. And so you had some connections and that was just really special as like a La Sportiva team member but, um, yeah, to see all, all those climbing shoes being sort of put together by hand, a lot of local people employed, just absolutely beautiful. So it's in Val de Fiem, um, and the town that we stayed in was called Prodazzo because you're at 
got a bit of local knowledge there, Aaron, from previous trips. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> so not, not a nice little, a nice little like village. And so all the, all the, I mean, it's a family-run business, uh, Last World TV. So it's yeah, generations, and it all started in that valley, Alice. And and a lot of the um, the the staff that actually manufacture the 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 footwear actually are in that valley. Some of the sales team come and the marketing team come from a bit further afield, um, yeah, like a, a yeah, like a hundred kilometer radius of, of that of the, of Ziano. So. Up there, yeah, really yeah, cool. no, it's it's a very special place, and I, I think as we discussed at the start, that that's the thing that that, that I truly miss about um, the travel is is to to go into those mountains and 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 be there. This is what they're climbing on Sunday, Eureka Tower, all 88 levels. Well, it's Sunday morning, it's 6.45am and I'm about to run up the Eureka Tower. I've won it three times and last year didn't do it, so back again this year to see if we can number one again, I suppose. It's about nine minutes for me, ten minutes. Um, Rowing's about seven or eight, so one extra minute of Congratulations to Alice McNamara and Mark Vaughan, our Eureka Climb 2014 champions. How good was that? Not enough draw though, I don't think, Alice. I heard this, uh, oh, I was feeling hard. Oh, complain, complain. Yeah, no, Mark and I met doing those climbs as well, actually. And then since then, we've done a lot of travel. And then, you know, it's been pretty awesome to do you know, a bit of mountain running and a bit of stair climbing with Mark Vaughan. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's quite cool. No, it was, uh, it was good digging up all the footage of you there. And I quite <laughs> I quite like that one. Disappointing there wasn't enough drool coming out of the mouth. I don't think you went hard enough. There was definitely room <laughs> for improvement. But uh, and how, what's the time? How long does it take you to climb 88 stairs? Um, the best I've done is 9 minutes 22 up that one. Oh, and, and and what's Mark doing it in? Seven forty or something. Oh Seven. Crazy. So so what's what's he? You, you two steps at a time, one step at a time, or or, or what the heck oh. is going on? Two that steps. Looks, two. Um, and yeah, it's climbing, and you use I use the handrail, and um, yeah, two steps at a time. You can sort of run it as much as you can, and then and then sometimes a fast hike ends up being the best the, sort of the best thing. way to go. How's uh, it? Mark runs the whole way, so. Oh, um, does, oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh God! Oh bloody hell! And, and, but is it? And, and like I'm assuming. Oh, I see. I have got some footage here. So let, let me let me for the viewers. Let's um bring up this one. It shows you what you guys are actually. Um, I suppose it shows you what you're actually be looking at in a stairwell. Now Aaron's done a bit of this, so Aaron can. Yeah. Can obviously, now you guys can see that. I mean. 
It doesn't look very pleasant. There's not a good view there. I mean, there's obviously these these girls are using a bit of colourful language in the stairwell. That doesn't yeah. look, look that doesn't look fun. No, and it's not very COVID safe. So that one might take a bit longer to come oh, back. Oh right, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I was okay. going to ask you that. Like, what do you see as the uh, the future or the sort of short term future for stair running? Because it's um, yeah. well involves a lot of travel and being indoors. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty sad, actually. Um, yeah. Look, got to hope, and maybe the vaccines will be fine. I don't know. <laughs> oh, skeptic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah. it's a really confined space, isn't it? That that yeah. those stairwells. Is that the same with all buildings? You think, or that you think that stair running is going to be sort of out of out of action for a couple of years? I, I, I think as Australians, because we've taken such a conservative line on it, we won't be allowed to go overseas for those kind of reasons for a while. Um, And I think there haven't been, maybe they've run a couple of very sort of renegade events in Europe this year, but there's been basically no events in Asia. um, And a lot of the companies that run events, sadly, have had to put on the back burner. A lot of people are doing virtual climbs. So stair climbing Australia, you know, you've got people to do various events in their own homes or locally, um, which keeps people going. But yeah, certainly I think the outdoor events are going to come back before the indoor events. Oh, so like things well, hopefully, like hopefully uh, UTA happens, and um, you're yeah. on the start list for the nine five one there, which um, we, yeah, it'd be great to see you uh, give that a real, real crack. Yeah, hopefully you have a few more people um this year realise that that's a great opportunity to do a stair race because yeah. um, then probably <laughs> one of the only ones, isn't it? I mean, the old Eiffel Tower will be uh, on the cards, won't it? I, I oh, imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an yeah. outdoor one. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I do have some footage of that, but it's. Um, it looks a bit painful. The old, uh, the old uh, Eiffel Tower. Let's have a quick, quick. Um... Yeah. So for those people who've been to Paris, luckily before all this happened, um, you've got one, four of the legs. So you run up one of the, the legs of the tower, and then you run along floor one, which is étage one, or one, and then you Ooh. run up a set of stairs to étage deux, and then you go into the um, little stairwell which goes up next to the lift which is just for service you normally tourists can't run up those stairs so it's really narrow kind of like the width of the computer that I'm looking at here like very narrow and you just no one can pass anyone because you're kind of just going up singles you know just oh, so does that bottleneck then if it's if it's it really bottlenecks. and yeah, so okay one of the other stair climbers who's well known to a couple of um, our mates in Norhoff, whatever, Susie Walsham, she's very good on the stairs. And she and I had a tussle and I knew that she was going to go around me. Because she won and I came second, but she's coming up behind me and she's going really good pace. And we had to almost coordinate on the landing. Oh, we'll we're, we're, yeah, okay. Lose time so I could hang on to my second place. We had to do it really strategically, almost like, Are you ready? Are you ready? Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good teammates there. Good, you know, Australian, you know, mateship, as we like Aussie, to refer Aussie. to it. Yeah, Aussie. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, actually, I've got some footage here. So let's, um, I'll try and drag it up. This is. So this will be on, on one of the, oh, that's the top floor, actually. I think yeah, I think this is, this is just showing the end. Lobodinsky, he's the um, Polish runner. Yeah, Aaron was yeah. saying it's Mark's nemesis there. He doesn't look, he doesn't. Oh, is this what you're talking about? Like the really narrow sections? And it, obviously this is the end. He doesn't look very very healthy there. It doesn't look like a healthy sport. I'll tell you that. Jeez. <laughs> the Euros, they're good at the drama as well, I think. Oh, yeah, the Euros, they love a bit of it, yeah. Hey, this is great to see, uh, you know, the... the uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, I was going to say that's got to that's got to be cool. And he's uh, he's the Susie you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a nice. Yep. Susie always wears the gloves. I don't think that that's very tough. <laughs> yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit soft, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> As a rower, that was absolute. Um, you can't. Oh no, no. Is no it? Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's pretty cool here. Uh, and then, and then, oh, I said, wait a sec, one more stair thing there, Aaron. One more stair thing, and then, and then, because this, this is, this is, this is gold. This is gold. This is Australian. Now, I haven't been oh. able to get the new national anthem sorted. I know ScoMo made a quick change there. When was it? Jan, Jan 1. We haven't got the new national anthem on this soundtrack. So I've just, I've grabbed it off of um, YouTube. was awesome they sent they flew us over there um the the empire state building is probably the iconic stair race um that's been going for for a long long time and there's a lot more now well there were last year anyway um but yeah the empire state building sort of attracted a lot of aussies and i think one of the uk tower runners put that together um, yeah that's that's where i got it from yeah. i got it from their their website yeah so no it's pretty fun but yeah it's pretty. And you won it. Was it uh, uh, two thousand and eleven? I believe yeah. is the and you and you cleaned up there, and it looks like Susie. I did, is, I did the Willis Tower the year after in Chicago. Because oh, okay. right. I actually started um, medical school in twenty eleven as well, so I missed the first week because I went over and did that. And <laughs> oh, you bad girl. Yeah. 
And but I couldn't miss the first week the next year. And also we were still doing rowing training. So I had to postpone my trip. So I went to Chicago instead. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, that's no, cool. Yeah, it looks like the Australians have, have uh, dominated the old uh, the uh, Eiffel Tower run. I mean, when you you put that, that list together, it's like 30, is it 30, 29 times? So like over 29 is, uh, winners, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of repeat winners there, but in the Aussies, both men's and females. And I'd say the one that the one that stood out for me was Robin Wishworth um, oh, cleaning oh. up in '98. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Paul, um, oh, no, sorry, '89. My mistake. '89. Yeah. yeah. He's the. He. I've had a lot of tussles with him on the four peaks over a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's done the four peaks would know that he's, he he rocks up rain hail or shine he's there every single year and uh it's awesome to, to see him there he's, he's such a such yeah. an awesome fella yeah well he's won one four peaks maybe like six six times overall something like that yeah yeah like, yeah i have to check but yeah he's he's he's, he's yeah. pretty solid his record there for sure yeah cool I suppose that's that's just their running, and so that's you. You and I don't, I'm not going to ask whatever obsessed possessed you to do that. Was it a dare? Was it the fact that you had like a good engine? It's like rowing, you know, going backwards. You're not seeing where you're going. You didn't care. So you're like stairwell, that'll be fine. Yeah. I can I can go up this building. It's all about just the massive explosion and exertion for that short burst. Is that is that sort of what got you into stair running? Yeah, and picking small, obscure sports that no one else does. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's a lifestyle too, isn't it? It's more about the coffee and hanging out in cities around the world, from what I see. Actually, it's it's a hard it's a hard sport. So, uh, as a rower, you used to you know using legs, body, and arms to work really physically hard for eight minutes, and or however long your race takes you. In the men's eight, it takes six minutes, and in the lightweight women's single, it'll be eight eight minutes, sort of thing. But that's a very intense piece of work. So if you can put your, you know, head to one side and just go hard for that time, you can run up a building. And I sort of found like a crossover. So I got entered into it um, as a Victorian Institute of Sport thing in Melbourne. And then once, I think once you know you're good at something, you try to run with it. But I sort of, it was a novel, something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. crazy. But I'd, um, I'd say to all trail runners, like, well, runners in general, like, just experience it because it's, um, you know, like if you've done an ultra, that's great. And, but to experience, it's really intense. Like I've only done a couple and, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, I've done some VK racing and whatever, but it's, it's, it's a really good experience. Yeah. You know, I didn't get it right either time, but it's, it's really, and you know, like that's what it's about. Like rather than doing the same event 20 times, sometimes just challenge yourself another way and they're running. Well, yeah, I found new ways to suffer in a very short amount of time. <laughs> yeah yeah i suppose i mean we'll quickly we'll quickly uh i suppose we've been talking about rowing and for people that don't know what you what you've achieved there in rowing alice uh two times world champion I'll, I'll bring up this picture so we can uh we can see um maybe you can talk to this the memories of 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 this image and and i suppose being a world champion that's it's reserved only for a, a, gr a special group of people and and it's awesome that you had that opportunity and, and you are one of those special people for sure. So there we go. I mean, laying down yeah. on the job, is that a rowing thing or what's going on there? Or is that just like, uh, yes, we've won. 
uh, we finished the race at that stage. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so this is taken in Lucerne in Switzerland and there's um, the world rowing scene has a world championships um, every year and then three world cups that lead up to the event. And we'd won, we won the world cup in Lucerne in 2010. And um, yeah, it was just an amazing race. We sort of came, we we're on the outside lane um came up the outside and and really strong all the way you know when things you go into a flow state which any sport you know you go into these sort of zen moments but we had this sort of period in the middle of the race where things just clicked and we we came through and we won it and that was Hannah every hall my doubles partner and she lay down <laughs> Uh, absolutely yeah very good yeah that's good <laughs> yeah i mean it's also were you, were you favored to win were you one of going in as one of the hot favorites or or um you, you came from you know you're one of the underdogs that, that won that race or a category where all the racing was really tight um so in a, in the lightweight rowing um you have a, a a maximum capacity of like you can only be in the women it's 59 kilos so the average crew has to be 57 kilos and the men is 72 and a half. So for a power sport, that means that you sort of train up all year and then sort of hit a weight for the um, championships. But all the racing, because you race against people that look, look like little clones, basically all the same size, same height, same size, all the racing is physically very even. Whereas the heavyweight events, you have uh, tall, very tall rowers, very sort of thick, strong rowers. It, it can spread out a bit more. Lightweight right. racing yeah. is really tight. And so you, ne you never know. You kind of, we were on form that year um, and, you know, we qualified the boat for, um, in 2011, the next year, we qualified that boat through to London to the Olympics in that same combination. Um, and we didn't go to London in that combination because they swapped another girl in at the last minute, the politics of sport. Oh, um, no. Yeah. I, robbed. Just, robbed like, of Olympic, <laughs> Olympic medals. Oh, <laughs> from all your experiences so yeah I had a tough time with rowing some of the selection events towards some big um, big races but yeah I had 11 years on the national team all up um, I was there or thereabouts for all that time um, but uh, I didn't go to London I was the reserve in 2012 um, um, and and prior to that in the Olympic cycle before that before Beijing I was in a quad scale and we won the world championships in 2007 and 8 Oh, okay. And yep. I went to Beijing as a spare. I was pretty young in, in, in 08 and I was there as the spare reserve rider that right. through the year before. So you can never be on the right side of it. But um, no, no, no Tanya Harding moments. Yeah, you, know, you didn't kneecap one of your teammates to get in the boat or anything like that. Or oh, you laugh, but there have been a few incidents. Oh, yeah. I went through a boat at one stage. I think there was. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there were some stories. Not my, I was not involved. I was very good sport. Oh, that, that's good to hear. No, yeah, I'm we don't want to get the lawyers involved in our podcast. Yeah, no, so. that's <laughs> golden rule. No, no, nothing like that. But yeah, I, I mean, obviously, we make the reference of laying down, and, and that was uh, that was Greece, wasn't it? I mean, um, one yeah. of the one of the rowers. Um, Ex exploded didn't she and and, and basically uh, unfortunately just collapsed mid was it mid-race and then obviously the footage of her just going over the line um yeah. la laying down and i mean that's heartbreaking for, for her and the team i'd imagine wouldn't it yeah yeah um yeah. just like even bradbury except that was a good good outcome yeah, yeah, it's sort of the reverse wasn't it yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. Stephen bradbury was <laughs> really shock. <laughs> If you think of those um, those moments in sport, like to if you're not a rower, like when you're not a speed ice skater, you you know Bradbury, you know Sally Robbins, uh, you know like we don't have that 
that moment for trail running or mountain running. Like um, it seems to to be, you know, like certain sports are just associated with like cycling. You know, you talk to the average person and they're like, oh, drugs, Lance Armstrong, you know. Yeah, 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 that's so, right. <laughs> yeah. We keep it that way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got, you got Rick, Rick Disnick in uh, pole vault. I oh, know, pommel horse, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 okay. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, we got to discuss um, uh, the 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 year, Aaron. That's what we yeah we're gonna be wrapping up. We can't be talking to Alice all day. She has yeah, to go. Well, she has to be going back to the COVID situation down there in <laughs> Melbourne, isn't she? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. The problem at the moment is all the borders are closed again. So yeah, I, I was on a call before with Growing Australia actually, and they're trying to sort out when they can actually do some selection events because no oh. one, one can race each other. So, yeah. Hey, how, how's it going to work? Like the Olympics, obviously, I know from the climbing side of it, there's, yeah. there's going to be, I mean, for Australian athletes, the, the two Australian athletes, I know that's going to be pretty tricky. They're going to have to, there's no competitions. I mean, I, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah like I know the Europeans and the, Ameri- oh, the Americans, they're just, it's hell in a handbasket over there, isn't it? Jeez, that's, yeah, um, I mean, but yeah. Athletes that are still going at the moment, I think I remember when I was in that, growing uh mindset and uh, we were you know trying to qualify boats and had big events coming up really soon is that you don't actually think much outside your bubble like you just focused and that's the time of life that you're in and you 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 can't perform unless you sort of sole focus is towards that thing so i imagine for these athletes if they've got a distraction like covid it's there but it's nowhere near affecting them like it's sort of affecting me and my day-to-day life because I'm sort of on a sort of more management side of things. But I think if you're an athlete, you just put your head down, focus on the spot on the wall and go towards it, yeah. um, you'd be fine. But you're right, with Tokyo, I think they'll make that happen, but it'll be all in a bubble and there'll be quarantine periods either side of it. So it'll be made a very long... <laughs> yeah, it might, might be like uh, the cycling might be swift and rowing will be... Uh... Oh, yeah. rowing machines, yeah. Oh, that'd be fun, <laughs> won't it? Yeah, yeah. Esports. That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really understand that. Um. Anyway, cool. All right. Well, uh, eighty-six. I know. I went. Oh, it was I in? I think that was my first year of high school in eighty-six. That's when uh, young Alice popped into the world. And um. Oh, well, there was a bit happened in eighty-six. Believe it or not, I, I don't know if you knew that. Um. Uh. The uh, Ch- Chernobyl that went all. Oh, Went all skyward, hair shaped, hair shaped in a, in a negative way, and then infected all of uh, most of mostly northern Europe with a uh, you know uh, a nuclear cloud. So that wasn't too good yeah, in eighty six. Watch that doco, another series. Yeah, it's, well, it's still affecting. It's a bit bit, bit depressing. The uh, and, and there's another one you can. It's definitely probably on Netflix. Is uh, the old Space Challenger shuttle? That, yeah, that blew up in eighty six. So that was. Um, I think it was the first ever flight with a, a civilian on, on board. And it was the teacher, and I can't remember her name, but the <laughs> NASA selected because they were trying to portray it, it's like safe for everyone to travel. And unfortunately, um, they selected a, a teacher, and, and um, the space shuttle blew up. So that was um, wasn't the best. Uh, the uh, the uh, positive off for Winfrey uh, show started. There you go. It was the first first That's year. A That's a po- well for some, yeah, for, for some, yeah. Family Opera started uh, started as well. In geez, I'm getting old. I remember that coming out. I love that. Yeah, I'm starting to think this segment is, um, it just makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah. Mad cow disease that uh, that was detected in a few uh, cows there in, in the UK. Uh, yeah, British 
British surgeons performed the first uh, triple uh, triple bypass, which is heart, lung, and liver in well, in '86. There you go. And then uh, for sports fans out there, Mike Tyson become the undisputed youngest heavyweight champion of the world. There we go. That was, uh, and then it all went, all went downhill from there for poor old Mr. Tyson. <laughs> and, um, oh, what else? Oh, hand of God as well. How can we forget? 1986, <laughs> Argentina wins the World Cup in Mexico City. Oh. And, and Bob Hawke was our leader. Ronald Reagan was running the United States uh, and uh, Margaret Thatcher was running the United Kingdom. So, you know, a little bit different as far as leaders go there. An actor, uh, a person I like beer and an iron lady. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and on, on the films, we've got, we've got a romantic film as number one. Actually, both, both number one and number two, I'd say were romantic, uh, romantic films for the top... Uh, Top Gun, obviously, a lot of uh, snogging in Top Gun, and uh, Crocodile Dundee, and then yeah, the third one was a bit of a, a bit of a, a serious movie with Platoon, and uh, what else was it? Oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off came at number ten, so that's a bit of interest. And in, in the way as the song goes, very romantic year for music. It was that's what friends are for, by Donnie and Friends is number one. Uh, <laughs> say you, say me, by who? Say you, say me. Um, Billy Ocean. Lionel Richie, <laughs> and uh, oh, that year, and then Whitney Houston was in there. Was how will I know? So uh, yeah, all classics, definitely classics. And then uh, in the TV, uh, uh, Magnum PI was one of the most popular <laughs> shows. There, hey, Alice, you, I think you were, you were definitely a highlight from '86. Like yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and and do you know who 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 you who you share a birthday with? Not as in day. Oh, you do. You share a birthday with a guy called. Milko John Hughes, who was a child actor, who was in um, Mercury Rising. I don't know if you know the role. That's Bruce Willis. And the little kid uh, was called Simon, born uh, the same day as you there, Alice. And in the year of 86, you've got a famous, uh, what would we call a very explosive runner, was born in, uh, in, in August of the year 1986. And he's won a few gold medals, I believe. How many, Aaron? I don't know. Uh, well, nine till I took one off him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Ah. Jamaican man. I'll, I'll give you a clue. Usain Bolt. A surfer. No, Usain Bolt. Oh, it was Bolt. Yeah, it was Bolt. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And then uh, Lady Gaga was born in '96 uh, as well. So strap on some, you know, pork chops. Get a bit of a, a meat dress going and some uh, cigarettes for glasses. And, and your next, mute, your next. Same age. Oh, yeah, she, yeah, same. Oh, she was born in. Oh, she's born in March. So there you go. So you're only a month apart. So. And yeah, all right. you've got a bit to catch up on. Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, you're going to bring out your latest music video next week. Excellent. Uh, cool. Well, cool. that was a great trip down memory lane. Thank you. Oh <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's all the fun about these shows. Just trying to work out what the hell happened in the year the guest was uh, was born. So uh, yeah, no, it was quite cool. <laughs> Thanks, Alice. Great to have you on board for today's uh, show. Um, yeah, thanks, Alice. I hope we get to cross paths sometime soon to yeah, yeah, run up a mountain or have coffee or something. Yeah, it'd be yeah. fantastic, yeah. Reverse the favour and more memory lane trips, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you try and try and rip some up I can get my hands on? Thank you, yeah. No, no, it's great. Awesome. All right. We'll bid you, uh, viewers, uh, Farewell, and until next time, 
Adios. Bye. Bye. Bye.